construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. All right, well, welcome to the Flagstick Podcast, episode 49, one before 50, presented by Adidas. Adidas introduces the ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 vent footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. The collection features a mix of silhouettes for men and women made with heat ready and no show technology to keep golfers cool and dry so they can perform their best. Both CG 323 vent and ultimate 365 tour apparel are available on adidas.ca, the Adidas app and selected retailers worldwide. Well, it is me, Jeff Botter, and he is back Back in the saddle, yep. Scott McLeod, back from PEI. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing, <laughs> oh, so before we get chit-chatting, I want to mention, sure. uh, let's make sure you're following us across all social media networks on Instagram, X, formerly X. Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We'll really encourage you to hit us up on the YouTube channel, subscribe to that channel, like us. Click the notification bell to make sure that you never miss a single episode. Okay. Small talk out of the way. All that kind of <laughs> stuff. Okay. Now let's get into the real small talk. Yeah. Scotty Mac, back from Prince Edward Island. A, a little late, but still back. Yes, so. yes. Uh, yeah, well, you, you need to watch for your driving, I guess. That would be the thing. Well, I'll tell you what. As you know, from your visit to Prince Edward Island, there are uh, still a number of back roads and things that are red dirt roads. And let's just say I was trying to avoid construction uh, on the last day when we were getting ready to head the, to leave the island. And I decided to take a little bit of a back route. Well, I zigged when I should have zagged just because uh, we didn't have any uh, GPS at that point, a little low on, on signal and ended up down a very um, rocky road <laughs> let's just say that uh someplace that maybe i should have been in a side-by-side -side going down rather than a uh family passenger vehicle uh which you know seemed to be okay was uh we were going all right and i'm like oh man we're gonna get out of this it's okay and then of course um hurricane fiona was down there in the fall so oh, next God. thing you know we've got a tree that's down in the road in front of us and we can't pass so we have to back out of where we're gonna go to uh sh long story short uh or short story long <laughs> i was looking forward uh, to the long version of it to be honest hit, <laughs> hit a nice little uh there was a little rut let's just say at the at the bottom of this uh one little oh. hill um got back up to speed after that after we got out of there something seemed to be wrong uh with the uh, tire thought oh have we got a flat whatever the case may be maybe i just threw it out of alignment uh in the end it turned out to be this yeah it's a rock that is a huge sandstone rock that was stuck inside the rim uh of our spokes of oh our and it tire. was throwing the balance right, out through the balance out and next thing you know it felt like who knows what was happening but yes it led to about a day of debacle um you know eventually got it sorted had some great people down there in on the island uh helped us out got us out of there and home safe and sound uh just the night before last so yeah crazy <laughs> well there's how you uh extend how vacation. You finish off a family a family vacation <laughs> yeah um, exactly i'm sure uh i'm sure that the uh after all of that the drive home was uh 
was a good one. Uh, oh yeah, uh, you know, fifteen hours driving in the rain, it was perfect. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see that you're all safe and sound and back yeah, here. That's all that matters. Because I all, mean, that's all that matters. You know, not doing the show this week just would have been terrible. Well, the show was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, so. that's true. Side <sighs> of the road, laptop yeah, plugged into the cigarette lighter. The, the, gear, the gear was with me, ready to go anytime yeah. we need to. One but, uh, Elsa driving and Scott in yeah. the backseat doing a podcast with <laughs> yeah, me exactly. while driving back. Suffice to say, you had a great time down there. I will tell you, though, uh, although I was around golf courses and around golf people. No, I did don't say. I did not touch a golf no. club for 16 days. <laughs> oh now someone just insane. stuck a, now someone just stuck a rock oh. in my tire look i gave oh. lots of people advice on where to play there was lots of friends that were down on the island i did drop by which if people followed our social media i dropped by as i said i would on the tuesday night when i got there uh to belvedere golf club the oldest club in charlottetown uh connected up with sam mcphail the executive director of golf pei and ben king uh and they were finishing a golf marathon 63 holes seven golf courses nine holes each uh got to hang out with them for nine holes um you know follow it on social post some stuff about it get to chat with those guys uh some of their pr media team it was fun. So, and, and while I was down there, yeah, you know what? I dropped by a couple of golf courses, uh, stand up, uh, Crowbush, uh, just to see kind of what, uh, changes and things were down there at post Fiona, uh, definitely stark, you know, lost a lot of trees, but I can tell you that, you know, it did not deter these people from getting the golf courses back and ready to play and in great shape. And, you know, while there's still a fair bit of damage on some of the back trails and areas and stuff like that, um, you know, life for the most part is back to normal. And, you know, while golf courses like Crowbush and, and Stanhope look a little bit different, you know, the golfers are still there in swarms. There you go. And we'll, well catch up with Sam soon for, uh, for an interview. Yes. Yes, yeah. we will. Um, many conversations with Sam over the last week uh, while while you were down there. So, mm-hmm. um, got a lot of things planned with Golf PEI in the coming uh, the coming next coming months and uh, into next year. So, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Well. So, uh, also touch base with some friends in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick as well. Also in the golf industry, back and forth. Obviously, new you know kind of was down in the area because they were watching social media good to get updates from some of them on their courses and their facilities. And, um, you know, I said it on social media, uh, yesterday, uh, big shout out to all the people that I had golf conversations with while I was down there, uh, totally impressed with how many people, you know, go to the website, get the newsletter, um, you know, in all parts of Canada and yeah, just ended up in much. random, I ended up in random golf conversations, uh, you know, all the time. Didn't matter where I was. It, it seemed to uh, turn into a golf conversation as it does. And, uh, it was glad to see that, uh, some of those people, um, you know, are part of our golf community. So shout out to them. There you go. Beautiful. Well, we are very glad to be back after uh, after a couple of weeks uh, off of uh, of doing the podcast. Um, on the front nine, we're going to catch up on some of the Canadian golf news that we haven't talked about in the last little bit. Um, we've obviously discussed some of Scott's exploits to uh, Atlantic Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. And on the back nine, uh, we're going to get into some conversations about the AIG Women's Open, the FedEx Cup playoffs, and of course the Ryder Cup is coming up. And there's a lot of still a lot of stuff surrounding the Ryder Cup that we want to talk about. Uh, so let's uh, let's get right to uh, the front nine presented as always by our good friends at Metcalf Golf Club. A natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Golf season is well underway. 
Um, membership's probably not too many available there, but you can check that out. Join a league still. Uh, definitely you want to purchase some of those game packs. Get ready to hit the first tee and save yourself some money in the process. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to, uh, to shop for those now. Um, okay, so... We talked about golf PEI in your trip yep. out there a little bit uh, before we jumped into the front nine. So let's jump into Scott to, to the uh, Canadian men's amateur, which is ongoing mm-hmm. right now. And let's talk a little bit about that because we, I'd like to say, well, there's some Canadians in it that we'd like to talk about, but for the most <laughs> part, they are all Canadians. There are yeah. some non-Canadians, but, but it's uh but there's some interesting ones like Cameron Perot, Ashton McCulloch, uh, Garrett Rank. They're, they're making yeah. up the, the Wellington Cup team. And there's yeah. some pretty popular names that uh, that we've talked about throughout the flagstick, uh, flagstick.com and the magazine over the years, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Cameron, as we know, was on the uh, the show a few weeks back. Uh, unfortunately, he and Garrett missed the cut, believe it or not. But with Ashton, they combined. Basically, the Wellington Cup is the interprovincial competition that takes place in the first 36 holes. And their combined scores were enough to win the title for Ontario. So it was nice to see two eastern ontario players that were on that plus plus ranker the people are not familiar garrett rank has played in 20 plus usga events obviously a decorated canadian uh you know champion already and an nhl referee um has a cool sort of uh you know golf lifestyle as it is but ashton mccullough has gone on and he's actually leading uh going into today so probably when this episode comes out we'll know what the fate is uh but he has a one-stroke lead going into the final round uh it's at the pulpit club the cool part about that is that you know and i tweeted about it this morning was he if he should win he will be the second uh only the second player from kingston ontario to win the canadian men's amateur championship this is the 118th playing of this championship the very first winner was from Kingston, Ontario, and that happened at the Ottawa Golf Club, uh, eventually the Royal Ottawa Golf Club in 1895. So oh it's quite a spread. Too big uh, of a gap. That is a big gap, especially considering there's been some fine players, uh, you know, from the Limestone City in the meantime, even though it's a small city. But, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens there. His closest pursuers are a couple of Americans uh, right behind him, a stroke behind. So, um, you know, the Pulpit Club definitely putting up a fight this week. Mm -hmm. Ashton's at six under, but uh, a lot of players, really good and talented players, ended up missing the cut tough conditions and a tough golf course but uh you know i guess that's what you want for the canadian men's amateur championship oh of course absolutely no that's great and and garrett rank i mean you know i think most people are are familiar with his name especially through listening to it from us and reading about yeah. him but probably one of the most uh, uh um one of the when the best amateurs not to turn mm-hmm. pro like i mean as right. far as he's got i mean he's yep. got obviously his referee career is kind of his thing um yep. and golf is what he does for fun um which yeah. is kind of like a bobby jo- it's kind of like a bobby jones thing with that very guy. much i mean he yeah. probably very easily could 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 be pro if he wanted mm-hmm. to pursue that and and put in the work on that but um chooses to follow his career and his and his career choice as a referee yet still goes out and is ultra ultra competitive yeah. uh all the time uh at the amateur level in golf and not just and Garrett's a little older now, so he is a um, he is mid amateur yeah. age too. But he still competes at at the highest levels of amateur as well. So. He does. He gets out and uh, you know obviously he's played in uh, you know U.S. amateurs uh, four balls. Uh, you know won a Western amateur, uh, won some Canadian championships. 
chose to stay in Canada for his schooling. Um, just a prime example of what your potential could be if you stayed amateur and don't necessarily just make the choice to turn pro. And he gets the best of both worlds. And, you know, he's a, he's a good, he's a really good dude. He really yeah. is. So, yeah. Definitely. So good to see um, him having some success there. Okay, cool. Um, OVGA match play. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, uh, recently finished up yep. at uh, Greensmere. It did. Uh, golf club and um lee's jubinville <laughs> it's yes. kind of interesting Shocking. lee's jubinville defeated yeah. diane doolin yeah um in the in the women's final yeah. not shocking at all to see the two of no. them going head to head they've probably been doing that for quite some time um brad goodman defeated cedric hughes in the men's side of it yeah which is cool considering it's his home club so yeah exactly and yep. uh, john taylor defeated peter harrison peter harrison yep. uh, in the senior men peter harrison uh, a, a former um uh, ovga men's uh, uh amateur champion yep. um a city and district champion i remember when he won at rito view um a couple of years ago yeah, it was a while ago, but he had a, it was it was. I still remember the leap because this was so, sort of when I first got into the right. doing flagstick and covering events and stuff like that. I still remember the leap that he had with his with his uh, um, after he won with his caddy. It was kind of uh, very uh, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeauish. Oh my! <laughs> it was well, you know, he was an athlete. He was the quarterback at Queens University, right? Yes. So, you know. so um, outstanding uh, by everybody that participated in that, but uh, some some good names atop uh, atop yep. those uh, champions list, and um, the OVJ Junior Intersectionals finished mm-hmm. up as well. Um, a little while a little while back now because yep. it's been a couple weeks for us, but we're it just has. getting we're getting you caught up if you haven't already we seen are. it on flagstick.com where most of those results you will find. Well, not most all, yep. um, but uh, man, uh, 124 juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, representing 17, 17 clubs. clubs that is insane yeah, that is, yeah that you is. know what uh you know uh, obviously you know junior golf is is fairly healthy and can be you know growing even more but it's nice to see more clubs participating in the junior intersectionals in any of the intersectionals realizing the importance of it uh you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh the fact that you know the intersectional structure uh in the ottawa valley is admired you know in many areas in the country so it's it's great to see um and uh yeah the royal ottawa team ended up uh winning the a and just barely though uh by a point over the ottawa hunt team and then uh prescott won the stable for division so um yeah, and there's a hole in one. Amelia McFarlane of the Ottawa Hunt also had a hole in one during those matches uh, at over 15 at at Rideau View. Uh, so so good to see as well. But yeah, fantastic to see that. It's a good taste, I think, too, for um, a lot of those juniors to get out and play other clubs. So for a lot of them, you know, going and playing the intersectionals is is sometimes their first experience going to other golf clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, they get used to playing at their own, but the fact that they can go and play matches at, at other clubs, uh, and and in all, many cases, the you know their opponents become friends, and, yep. and we see that. You know, we talk to people all the time these days that you know um, have ties from playing junior golf in the region, and they still have those ties. You know, yep. they're forty plus years of age or or you know older, and they always talk about you know i met so-and-so when i was a junior golfer and you know they they might be at again you might be at a different geographic area um but you know they they uh, end up becoming lifelong friends through, through golf so that's a cool part of the intersectionals yeah the intersections now now it should be known the intersectionals uh, the junior sectionals especially really took off um after they they changed the format 
Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be for a while ago. The the junior sectionals used to play for the uh, the flagstick cup, mm-hmm. and uh, then it was uh, aptly renamed. And then the format changed from the um, tournament type system where they they were sort of a divisional system to the ladder system that everybody yeah. else uses. Yeah. Um, and now that everybody's under the ladder system now, and it's so, it's so much better to have everybody under the ladder system. Um, and now things have really sorted themselves out. You've got your your divisions are kind of mapped out the way they should be, and people are moving up and down every year. And it's it's so it's so awesome because they get that taste in their junior golfer, and then once they're you know mm-hmm. able to now they're now they aspire to want to be on their men's teams and their ladies yep. teams and so on yep. so uh i love the intersectionals yeah and they're happening as well down the uh the quinney kingston region we do have updates on that as well they started on july 30th down there mm-hmm. uh i think they've only had their women so far cataraqui won the a um but we'll have continual updates there i'm, I'm uh, talking uh, on a regular basis with Blair Harris from the committee down there. Right. And they obviously want to, you know, ramp up uh, the attention for their intersectionals in the, in that area. Uh, so we'll have results of that as well. So. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, listen, uh, let's, uh, I guess we can kind of wrap things up there for the front nine and yeah. uh, we'll take a break. And then when we come back, we'll get into some of the other stuff that we talked about with respect to the uh, AIG Women's Open, the Ryder sure. Cup, the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs starting this week. And um, before we uh, before we dive out, though, I just want to remind people because um, this isn't we're not getting the numbers that we want to get for this. The Flagstick Two Ball Championship is is set to take place on September the 9th and 10th at Brockville Country Club, um, as it did last year in the inaugural event. Um, we really want to build on this event. This is a, a really fun event and it's a fun, but it's very competitive and yep. we really want to build on this. And I don't know why. And as I said before, when we do stuff, we're going to be transparent. I'm not going to tell you that we have 50 teams signed up and I only have two spots available. Um, that's not the case. We need to get teams signed up for this. Now um, yep. I need to make commitments to, uh, to order product for registration gifts. And I'm not, keen on ordering a hundred shirts and <laughs> and a uh, hundred pairs of glasses and a uh, hundred dozen balls and then having them sit in my garage because I've only got 10 teams signed up for the event so um I don't know why you're not signing up but sign up this is a yeah, great I think event it, I, I think it's just uh I just think it's a timing thing you know we're a month out now people you know all of a sudden gonna be on their calendar so you know uh just more of a reminder than anything you know just don't sign up last minute for this we need Please you don't. in advance uh we do have great registration gibson swag uh fantastic sponsors obviously cleveland's ricks on as a presenting sponsor um you know and it's important that we're able to you know make the orders for the registration gifts and stuff and get people all swagged out uh if they're going to play swagged out. and and, uh, you know, it, again, it's it's lots of fun. You know, all the people that we've talked to about coming and playing this event, it, it's it's time to to sign up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll get out lots of uh, notice in the in the next coming days. Lots of links, ways to get there. But, you know, the easiest way is to go to flagstick.com, uh, go to our events, uh, drop down menu and, and hit the two ball championship and, and get yourself signed up. You know, grab a partner. It's fun. Uh, great time of year to play uh, this type of event. Combine Stableford, uh, grab a partner, whether you're, you're an A and they're a C, you're a couple of Bs. Doesn't matter. A's. Doesn't matter. Uh, once you get into your flights, then you're just basically playing, uh, you know, as we talked about, you're just playing for points. So, you know, yep. there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You don't have to worry about a big score going up on the board or whatever. The worst you can lose is a point for a bogey. Um, and you're just trying to gain points uh, all weekend long. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you can win the Stanley. The I Stanley. Could, it's sitting right there over there on the floor. The Stanley. He's looking yeah. right at me and he's he's like, What's what's the deal here? Let's get some people registered. Okay, yeah, so let's exactly. get at that, people. Um all right, all right we're gonna take a break. And as we said, when we come back, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of things: uh, women, AIG Women's Open, Ryder Cup, FedEx Cup playoff race, all that kind of stuff. Uh, when we come back, so stay with us. Uh, you're listening to the Flagstick Podcast with uh, Jeff Potter and Scott McLeod. Adidas introduces the Ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 Event Footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. Both the ZG23 Event and Ultimate 365 Tour Apparel are available now on adidas.ca, the Adidas app, and selected retailers worldwide. All right, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast, um, presented uh, by Adidas Golf Canada. Um, we're going to jump into, uh, why do I always say that? Why do I always say we're going to jump in? What are we jumping into? We go into the community pool. We're going to jump into the pool. <laughs> I need, I need to have a better intro phrase than that. I gotta, I'm going to have to sit down and write some out. Okay. Let me try this. We are going to head off to the back nine. Okay. Presented this week by Castleview Golf Club. Only a short 25-minute drive from Ottawa, this 18-hole layout is renowned for its superb conditions and unsurpassed service, making it a must-play in the Capital Region. 5, 10, and 20-round packages are available. Visit castleview.com for more information. What are we jumping over to next? I'm not saying it. (laughs) Don't. Don't. Okay? All right. All All right. Let's talk about the Wyndham. Yay, there we go. I want to talk about the Wyndham because – so here's the thing. We talk about this all the time. When you've played a golf course mm-hmm. that the PGA Tour context. guys are, you know, or then PGA Tour it could be LPGA, it could be VP yeah. World Tour, it could be anything except other ones. Um, but whenever you've played a golf course, then you have mm-hmm. some, you really have some context and all. So whenever they play Harbor Town, you know, I played Harbor Town, I watch it, you know, yep. it's interesting to watch. Um, Sedgefield is a bear of a golf course. Now, why I say it's a bear, if I played it a little more forward when we played it it probably wouldn't have come across to such a bear but we kind of did and we do this we do this all the time whenever we're playing a golf course that is a host of a regular pga tour event and we're on some of our trips and stuff we always tend to say well let's play it like they play it Mm. that's great for the guy that hits it 290 300 320 off the tee not so much for the guy that's the pea shooter yeah Uh, that golf course long oh man i mean and and I said, I think after we finished playing it that time, I shot 78. Mm-hmm. And I said, that is probably by far the best 78 that I have ever shot in my life. Yep. Because I was hitting four <laughs> irons and three irons and hybrids and three woods and in into yeah. greens for approach shots on par fours because the golf course was so long for me. Do you want, I got do you up want and down from the skunk's butt. Do you want to know the sad part? The long par three on the backside that we played, or it's or mid midway through the back nine. Yeah, it's fourteen or whatever. We played from two fifty five. Yes, they played on Sunday from two fifteen. <laughs> on Saturday, they only played at one ninety two because they used the back tee deck for a viewing area and whatever. So, in fact, we played it longer than they play it. So that hole was um, a beast. Like, like yeah. there were just so many holes that had that had meat to them. 
you know, I mean, by and me, top I mean around Mike. the greens, yeah, top around the greens too. I mean, if people saw on that hole, uh, you know, players would hit the front and the ball would roll off the front, which you know you saw in a number of other holes as well. Uh, Eighteen, obviously, he's got the big slope in the front. Anything that's behind the hole is trouble on that golf course. Um, but you're right; that that makes it more interesting to watch. Um, you know, there was a number of of storylines that were, were were there. Obviously, it's the last regular season event for the PGA Tour. Uh, Canadian Adam Svensson was in the hunt through 54 he ended up tied for seventh he didn't really end up you know contending on the final day uh obviously the big drama is you know who's going to get 70th place and make their way into the fedex cup playoffs uh you know lucas glover is he going to get a win needs a win to you know jump from 112th up to i think 49th to get himself into the playoffs get his fifth win obviously a veteran lots of storylines which you know made it pretty interesting as well yeah no and jt obviously the, the you mm -hmm. know the drama on the 18th hole with the yeah. uh with the chip that the, the chip that wasn't that that almost was i guess we'll call it the chip yeah. that almost was um yeah. you know he can't be he can't be he can be disappointed that he didn't get into the top 70 obviously based on the type of year that he had but he can't right. be terribly disappointed at at the effort that he showed the resolve that he showed for for making it interesting because he could have he could have just not bothered playing this week, sure. But then that wouldn't have gone over well with respect to his Ryder Cup selection because right mm -hmm. now he's not in a position to just take a Ryder Cup spot. Right. He, he needs to be selected. So going out and and showing that he can still play golf. I mean mm -hmm. that's the thing. I mean these guys, they have stretches. They have years where it's not perfect all the time. I mean I don't think right. the days of guys being in the top 10 week after week after week with the level of competition, the depth of competition on the PGA tour, that that's even possible to be no. that good every week, because there's always a chance that 10, 15 guys are going to be that much better and you're going to be good, but you're just not going to be good mm -hmm. enough. And yeah, I, think I mean, that's what's, I, I, I think Tiger created an unrealistic standard for people to look at and, and, you know, it's doesn't matter what tour it is, you know, for, for a player to get themselves in a position to be in contention nonstop. I mean, you know, PJ tour Canada is a great example. Sam Choi, you know, one last week, he's a guy who had, you know, five top tens already this year. That's unbelievable. Even if he didn't win, mm -hmm. that's a crazy, crazy good record. Um, in most cases, you'll see players that, you know, have won, you know, they'll end up missing cuts, they'll end yep. up, you know, it, it's up and down. I mean, it's such a fine line, um with that play so you know you're right as far as you know trying to be there every week it just doesn't happen i mean these no. players just can't make every single cut um that's why what scotty scheffler has done you know has been ultra impressive and um you know the jt story is an interesting one because obviously that that leads us into you know Ryder cup discussion mm -hmm. and you know picks and and so forth and you know that's where people were kind of looking at that going okay you know this guy has been a killer in Ryder Cups and President's Cups for the U.S. He's been one of their strongest players, but he's obviously not showing form. So, you know, where does that put, you know, the captain, Zach Johnson, um, you know, in these phone calls and discussions and, and talking to these players? Because, you know, really, on the other side of it, you have players that are playing well and they're playing on form. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, they're also playing well and they're playing on form on the tour, 
it's a whole different cauldron when all of a sudden you're put into that atmosphere of a Ryder Cup, especially, you know, this is going to be taking place in Italy. So it's going to be very pro-European. Uh, you know, it's obviously the fans are going to be, you know, slanted that way, no matter how many U.S. Uh, people travel over there. Um, they get to set up the golf course over there as well, so they can kind of tail it towards their players. Um, so do you want somebody with more experience like a JT or do you just default to the players that have kind of earned their way in or closer to earning their way in? See, I, see, I don't know. I think, I think for me, um, I'm hesitant to, you know, if obviously if a rookie or someone who hasn't been there before, which I guess would be a rookie, um, <laughs> his uh, is automatically in, then so be it. Yeah, you can't do anything about that. I mean, um, if you if you look at a guy like um, you know Wyndham Clark, yeah, obviously won a U.S. Open, won one at Quail Hollow. Um, you know, he's locked for his spot. He's number two. Uh, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. He's earned his way. But when it comes to the picks, the six picks, you know, that's where the discussions really, really begin, and that's where the hard part of being a captain, you know, comes. It's different than us in the Pink Challenge Cup. You know, we're, we're setting up matches, you know, for the PGA of Ottawa, our head pros versus assistant pros. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're not picking the teams, you know, and, and that's, that's a whole different, you know, a whole different ball of wax when you all of a sudden have to make a phone call, especially to players that you know, that are, that could be friends, Yeah. you know, that you're trying to be fair. And when you start to look at the list of, you know, currently, you know, and we'll go with the U S side, but if you look at those guys with a, uh, you know, Homa, Young, Spieth, Bradley, Morikawa, Burns, those your, yours, there's your, you know, bottom six right now. Um, from a points perspective, um, it is done over two years. So JT's play you know, this year is, is not 100% uh, representative of, of his ranking. He's actually 14th right now in, in the, uh, in the pit and the points. So, you know, but who do you, who do you pull out of there? You know, if they play the thing, well. I mean, you got some, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know where, where you stand on it, but I mean, they get, they get what, six? They get six. So six are automatic. So for the U.S. side, they take uh, six from the points list and then six captain's picks. They have six captain's picks as well uh, on the uh, European side, but their initial six is done uh, by a combination of the European and the world points list for them. But, you know, it really comes down to the six uh, picks. They're really changing. Now, what the about Kepka? Well, I think that's the thing. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people have talked about Kepka being the only lib player that's probably, you know, has a shot uh, based on, again, his experience, the fact that he won the PGA Championship, which you got to remember, the Ryder Cup is run by the PGA of America, yes. uh, which also runs the PGA Championship. So that's almost an automatic. So, you know, obviously where he's at is not relevant from a points list you have to look at it as far as okay where would this player rank if they could get points i think kepka is a player that they are going to have to look at um but again but doesn't who, he did, so who gets have, the boot he still okay. has membership right so so yeah. he automatically qualifies it's just a question of whether or not and it's not he doesn't he doesn't automatic he's not automatically qualified well, sorry, he's fourth. Yeah, he's yeah. fourth on the list. So. so, so they're taking live guys. I, I, yeah, I assume, right? Like that's that decision has already been made that they that they're not keeping as long as they players. have PGA of Mer America membership, which goes to the end of this year, right? Uh, for those players, so yeah, they yes, have to take them. 
So they're eligible. Yeah. Which I think is right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's debate about this whole live and PGA tour thing is should they be on the Ryder cup team? And, and, and here's the thing, a hundred percent, they should be on the Ryder cup team. Cause this is not a PGA tour thing. This is a PGA of America thing. This is a U.S. team thing. Well, that These becomes a U- difference on the other side though, where it's run by the European tour. So that's, that's a different. So they're trying to balance it out on both sides. Yeah. You know, if one's not going to allow it, then yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, in the end, they have to. The, it's yeah. up to the captains really to make sure that they have the best players there possible. So as you said, you know, Kepka, you know, he's fourth in points, so he's going to be in for sure. But you know, do you go any? Do you go any deeper than that? I, I don't think you do. Whether they think Taylor Gooch and his three wins at Live Golf uh, mean anything or not, or no. you know, Bryson shooting fifty-eight, you know, sixty-one, no big deal or whatever. But you know, really, when it comes down to the heart of it, we're talking about JT and Ricky, who are 13th and 14th in the points. I would have Ricky Fowler on that team 100%. And and why do you say that? I'm I say that because say. Ricky Fowler, um, the resurgence of his game this mm-hmm. year, the consistent, because his points to where he is in 13th position this year, his points would been would have been amassed more over the last year than the previous year because last year he was not at the level that he's at now um i'd have to dig back and, and see yeah, the what, only, you know so he's played four Ryder cups he doesn't have a 15, good Ryder cup record i know he's that played 15 matches he's only gained five and a half points i just i just like the maturity level of him right now i think he is he is um which is an fair. extremely popular player amongst the uh, the uh, U.S. fan base, even though it's being yeah. played over in and, Europe. But and I, I think... would say, when I when you say popularity, I, and I think that's an, an important word because you got to remember, as a captain, one of your things you're dealing with is chemistry yes. you know, within the teams, and you've got to be able. This is who's not, not a... going to want to play with Ricky Fowler, right? Exactly, and and you've got a case here where you've got, um, you know, you've got a lot of most of your matches are not singles matches; they are pairs. Yeah, you know, uh, whether whatever format they they be, so you've got to have players that are malleable that you can put with other players um and really you know doesn't matter with any type of sports sometimes the chemistry is more important than just the skill um especially as far as you know maybe the one player can carry the other player uh, a, a little bit so uh, i think you're right in that case yeah but then again you know who who goes out that's the more of the discussion. Well, that is a case. And the thing, thing, thing to note, too, is that Rick, Ricky Fowler being on that team, pairing him with Wyndham Clark, mm. um, because yep. because they know each other so well. Right. So, uh, they use so the same guys. putter, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> almost, pretty much exactly the same putter. So, I mean, just, you know, there there's a connection between those two players. But, yes, who, who goes out? Um, mm-hmm. I have God. comments on that, but... I, I would ahead. say I would probably move Keegan Bradley out. Okay. Um, I know he's played well as of late too, but I think he's also a little, a little less consistent. Um, and I, I would rather have Ricky in right now. Okay. So um, Keegan, I'll, I'll agree on that one. We should probably go out. Now the tough one, I think though, is, you know, I, I, I looked H. initially, <laughs> well, I looked initially and I looked at, you know, Colin Morikawa. Yeah, you know, I, I I I worry about Colin Morikawa because of his putting ability, but I also understand that he was three zero and one at Whistling Straits uh, in twenty one at the Ryder Cup. So he's yeah. obviously performed well in that atmosphere. He's a great ball striker, which is something you can depend on. Uh, you know, so but but 
you know, where does that put a guy like Sam Burns? You know, he was a killer last year, but has his form been as good this year? You know? No, and the thing is, I don't know, do I want a guy like Jordan Spieth? I mean, I, I I like that for the hit for the for the um the 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 um veteran status, I guess if you call it, because he has played, you know, quite a bit. But I look at the names, and and here's what I see when I look at a list like this, I see names, yep. and it's so easy. And the same thing, the same thing happens with hockey uh, at all levels. Players make teams a lot of times because of the name that we see it's Jordan right. Spieth well, Jordan yeah. Spieth you can't have a U.S. team without Jordan Spieth why mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. why can't I have a, a a U.S. team without Jordan Spieth on it why can't I have a U.S. team without um you know Justin Thomas on it if they yeah. don't deserve to be there why am I putting them there just because you know the, I mean yes the chemistry but there's enough veterans there. I mean, you've got Scheffler, you've got Kapka, you've got Shoffley, you've got Cantley, you've got like there's enough veteran presence there. Well, Scheffler's you... not a veteran, but anyways, we'll leave but it he's that. been there before. Whether it's a President's Cup teams or or Ryder Cup teams, he's been in that atmosphere before. He's yeah. won majors, so there's there's um, when I say veterans, I just mean guys yeah. who have been been there consistently, been at the, the you know the top yeah. for a while. It's yeah, not like far, a Wyndham Clark or a, I mean, or a Brian Harmon. You got to remember, Scheffler would be a rookie. Yeah, he's never played on a PGA. And, and and the thing is, it doesn't matter. He's in anyway, so you're yeah. not you're not moving them out. But what I'm saying is, you know, for me, is I look at I look at a combination of chemistry, but I also look at the skills of what you might need to mm -hmm. gain critical half points or points. Um, I, I and I'm I agree with you. I, I love Spieth's short game. I mean, there's probably you know, not a guy there that's doing better things with his short game, but I think the long game is a liability uh, that's there for sure. I don't know that I would have Jordan Spieth and I don't know that I would have Justin Thomas. I know Justin Thomas played well this week hmm. um, to, to kind of gain the attention yeah. of, of the captain, but I don't, to me, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, his, hmm. his, his play has not been good in the year that the Ryder cup is happening. And one event pushing you up the the standings and almost getting into the top 70 for FedEx Cup. To me, I don't know, excuse me, I yeah. don't know if that's enough to sway me into having you on the team. So, I mean, if I'm all of a sudden not putting Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth um, out of the top 12, yeah. and I'm putting Ricky Fowler in, Unless well, they had taken Colin Morikawa out too. Well, here's the thing: three I, I, out of the twelve, I, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Vice Captain uh, Fred Couples has already tipped his hand and already had said that Spieth, Homa, and Young are already in. So let let's assume that Spieth is in. Okay. So then you've got it's so that's in your bottom three. You've got Keegan Morikawa and Burns. Yeah. To me, all three of them out. Okay. So I take all three of those guys out. So if you get three out, who's your three in? Well, Fowler's going in. That's one. Okay. Um, okay. You said JT's not going in, so you got to go deeper on that list. Where are you going to go? Will Zalatoris hasn't played in a while. I mean, no, you're, you're, no. you got nowheres to go. Finau, maybe? Yeah, I don't know about that one. Maybe. I mean, he hits a big. Yeah, but then so it. does JT. <laughs> they all hit it big. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, you're not going to go further down that list. So, I mean, I mean, I guess it doesn't, you know, yeah, I, once for you me, start looking okay, at the here's, list. Here, here's my take. Bryson? Uh, uh, no, here's my take. And we're going and, and to go and actually data golf actually looked at that. Uh, my bets um, on Phil. No. 40 million on Phil. He'll, he'll bet. That's for sure. Okay. Here's my bet. And we'll see what plays out at the, mm. when, when it comes to it. Hang on. Okay. We're going to write these down. I'm writing down. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Scott, hang on. Scott's. Scott says. Says. Here we go. Okay. These are your he next did. six. Tell me your next six. Okay. The next six will be. Uh, you say Hol you say Bur Bur Homa Young and Spieth Homa are Young Spieth are in. Homa Young Spieth are, are in. in. Morikawa is in. Morikawa. Bradley okay. and Burns are out. Fowler and Thomas are in. Fowler and Thomas in. So basically, the, they're the outsiders going in. Okay. Jeff says. Jeff says. Homa, Young, and Spieth. And I'm only saying that because you just told me that Fred Couples yep. kind of tipped the hand. Yeah. Uh, are in. I am going to say um, Fowler and Thomas are in. And I think okay. Thomas is only going in because he's it's a been there before. It's Justin so Thomas. How can so he not be on the team? He's so a sympathy exactly, pick to me. So that's exactly what I said. Okay. But who go, who's going out? Morikawa's out. And I'm going to say. You said Bradley's out. And Bradley's out. I'm going to say Burns is in. Okay. So you're saying. You're saying. Bradley Same thing. Only I'm saying that Burns is in instead of Morikawa. All right, we'll see how that plays out. And I only say that because I think if you look at the last number of events leading into this last selection time frame, mm -hmm. um, that Burns has been the, the better player than Morikawa. So he okay. would have, to me, he would have moved up that list more than Morikawa would have already been there in that okay. spot. That's only the only reason I'm saying that I think Burns is playing better now than Morikawa, but Morikawa does have upside. So it could be it could go either way, but that's uh I wrote okay. it down. So now right. we're going to see what happens. That's hey, um, that's all we can do. They're yeah. just, they're, it's they're it's, just it's certainly it's certainly big for debate. I mean, they could go completely off the board and all mm -hmm. of a sudden we could see DeChambeau in there. I I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't I don't uh if it was know, in I, the US, maybe no, no, I, I just don't think, I just don't think from what about DJ, I don't think from Zach Johnson's perspective, that's, you know, that's going to really happen. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, I, I think the only live player you're going to see there is the one that's qualified. I think it's Kepka and that's it. Yeah. And again, that's my perception more than anything. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you look at the website, Data Golf, uh, the Christine brothers at a Carlton place who obviously doing some great stuff uh, with ranking data analysis and so forth, they went and ranked uh, Bryson's 58 relative to PJ Tour rounds, all the rounds in recent years. And as far as pure strokes gained, relative to the rest of the field and that round even though it's a 58 was 328th ranked so yeah he might be playing well um but you know who who are you going to pair him with well here's a question <laughs> who's his teammates on live well that's the thing who's his four who's his buddies that, that play together on live like th does does kepka who's kepka play with on let's, his team okay let's think about that Bro brooks brooks and brooks and uh and bryson 
they ain't buds <laughs> no but i mean they might not be on the same i'm just saying like is there like, who's dj's teammates like i'm just saying who are live teammates and is that even an option if you're the captain that's saying not, you know what you know i'm gonna that, put two that, live guys together that's not even relevant that's i don't think any relevant. of the live guys would be in it if uh if kepka wasn't in the top six already yeah um but it's hard not to have a major champion Oh no no! That's I think the, the, yeah. even if he was outside the top six, I'm kind of thinking that he's a major champion. How do you not have a major champion? I'd be interested to see what the European team does. We're talking about the U.S. team, but what about the European oh, that's, team? That's a whole other ball of wax that you know is too complicated, too complicated to get into. You could then be on a, you know, especially since they use that combination of the world list and the European list. So you end up with a, a odd top six and then, you know, you start to go down from there. I mean, it just gets crazy for them. I mean, you know, the, the Rory's, the Roms, the McIntyre's are in already, but I mean, then you're all of a sudden dipping into Yannick Paul and Adrian Moronk and Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Perez, uh, you know, the Hogarth's Rasmus, uh, Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, Jordan Smith. Do you Fitz even Pat- know who Jordan Fitzpatrick Smith is? is in there too? Isn't He's he? number 12. Fitzpatrick's not even in the, in the points right now as far as the top 12 so um you know again it's going to be a bigger test for luke donald to figure that out more than anything oh sorry Fitzpatrick six sorry yeah so given that Mm -hmm. what do you how do you think this thing playing out um crapshoot really crapshoot i i think marco simone is more of a a more of a i'll call it an american style golf course it's got a lot of elevated greens i mean I, i've never played the golf course except on track man uh, but um lucky you but I, but I will tell you that you know they obviously they play a european tour event there mm-hmm. um and it does play a more american style it's going to depend on what the weather looks like in, in september of how it's going to play um, but it does play more american style in the fact that you've got to hit you know high approaches into the greens uh, and so forth so um you know the europeans might be more comfortable um but you know again you're probably going to have the bottom half is what's going to hurt you just like an intersectional team you know it doesn't it's not your top players your top players no. will always tend to you know deliver and and get you some points and whatever it's always the fill outs which you know it's harder for europe to fill out that team than the u.s um and they're more unknowns and how they're going to play in that situation chances are they're going to end up with more rookies than the u.s uh and again that that plays into it i mean you know um if if you spit the bit on on day one because you're super nervous that point can matter by a lot so you know your players have got to be ready to play right away and go right from you know when the gun goes off uh, they don't have time to kind of get used to it and get comfortable um, they've got to be able to you know show their skills right away and you know that's hard to do if you're a rookie now we should note too scott that that we're making this sort of okay here's the six here's the next yeah six. we still but, got but, we still got a yeah few we weeks. still got three events right yeah. before yeah. before this is finalized and these these top the top six could change for sure yeah for for sure the top six could change like speed yeah. could play his way into the top six or homa could play his way so that might change we might sure. we're gonna have to revisit this every every week i think we'll yeah to take a, a look at our list and say you know yeah. okay well so and so is now now in the top six and so and so is out of the top six. I mean, not yeah, I not that that Kapka is going to move from fourth out of six, but he could. It yeah, could, you know, could. What? I mean, he's yeah. up there pretty good, but he's not playing those three events, which get pretty good world ranking points, right? So, yeah. you know, if all of a sudden you get 
you know, can or uh, Max Homer, or Cameron Young, or Jordan Spieth win a FedEx Cup event, yeah, um, or win two, yeah, up the shoot they go right. So yeah. it's going to be so, interesting to. See you're right. That is, that is as it sits right now. So um, yeah, only Scheffler and Clark are, are locks. Yes, correct. Right, like they can't move out of the spot that they're in. They're locks, and Harmon's probably pretty pretty solid where he is right now too but obviously if he's not a lock the mathematics are telling us that there's a possibility that even in third place at ten thousand points you could you could drop below sixth all of a sudden if you miss the cut at the at the first fedex cup event and and the guys below you go all the way to the top 30 yeah you know you could yeah you've only got uh i'd have to double check five i mean a player would have to a player would have to go on an ultimate. They'd have to win every single event to knock him out, I think. So he's pretty close to a lock. So it may take one event before they lock in some of these guys. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But we'll revisit it. But anyways, it's good good for discussion. Yes. At least, you know, we've got some interest in it. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. And But in the meantime, there's other events going on in the world. Yeah, okay. So we're, 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 we're up against the clock now because we just uh... – yeah, I mean, we're never really up against the clock, but we're up against the clock. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get into the AIG Women's Open really quickly sure. here, and um, and uh, then wrap things up this week. But uh, so they're at Walton Heath in the London area, yep. um, and uh, awesome looking golf course from what mm-hmm. I've seen so far. I'm really yeah, looking park, forward to Parkland Golf Course. Yeah, not your, not necessarily your typical uh, Open Championship course, but they do play on Parkland style courses all the time too. So definitely, uh, especially the women. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be awesome. The purses are up, um, mm-hmm. first place yeah. prizes. Like this is really good for women's golf. I think. Yeah, they just uh, the RNA just announced uh, they re up their sponsorship agreement with AIG, which is super super important. Now we have to understand that you know the women's open, uh, the women's US Open, they had a sponsor agreement in place, and that went <laughs> went bye bye. So you know, depending on the health of the company, but let's you know say that obviously AIG uh, you know is committed through twenty thirty with the RNA. Part of that is the purse increases. The purse is up twenty three percent this year to nine million. Uh, first place one point three five million. One of the things to note within that is that every player in the field regardless if they make the cut is guaranteed four thousand um so obviously that you know helps take care of expenses and things like that and i i think the big story obviously is a lot of people watching celine boutier who, yeah. you know who won the avion two weeks ago in france in her home country uh won the uh women's scottish open last week and then is trying to do the triple uh, with the women's open this week, Crazy. which, you know, a tough feat for sure. Yeah. Um, but certainly a storyline that everybody's going to follow. And, you know, this is a fantastic golf course, not short at all. 6881 is the white marker line as far as the yardage. Um, will be a good test. And two Canadians in the field, Brooke Henderson, obviously coming off a second place at Avion, uh, tied for seventh last year. Uh, she's playing with the defending champion uh, for the first two rounds, uh, Ashley uh, Buhai and uh, Rose Zhang. And uh, yeah, Maddie Zarek is in there as well. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun to follow. A good one to watch this week. And hey, it's the uh, it's the final LPGA major, the final women's major of the year. And it's early in the morning. It is early. It's in the how mornings. we like to watch our golf. Get up, yeah. have our coffee, brekkie, watch golf, and then go about the rest of your day. That's how that's how viewing golf should be for on TV. As far as I'm, all nice. events should yeah. start uh, broadcasting at. Uh, at eight o'clock or seven o'clock or five o'clock, I'd say even four o'clock in the morning, and then we can just oh, get on with it. Get if we can put all it. the schedules earlier, that would certainly uh, make it easier for sure. So, anyways, Crazy. lots going on. Yeah, um, PJ Tour Canada's on a break. 
our good buddy uh, Noah Steele's 18th on the money list. Good. He's had a couple of top 10s in the last little while, so that's nice to see for the Eastern Ontario kid. And as we said, we've got uh, the Ashton McCullough story to see how that plays out today. Um, but yeah, and lots going on. We also have uh, last mention here before we get out of here, uh, the uh, PGA of Ottawa. Uh, the flagstick.com players tour, the pro lady uh, sponsored by swing control will happen on Monday. That's a pro am. uh, And that is going to be at lock March on Monday. So we'll have some results of that uh, next week. When we come back, uh, the team from Rivermead won last year. Beautiful. Now I must let me note as you last week were in PEI and did not play golf. No, I remained home uh, in the greater Ottawa area. (laughs) And I did play golf. At nice. Rito View, yeah, um, which will shock a lot of people because um, I just don't play a lot of uh, uh, eighteen hole rounds of golf. But I had just an unbelievable time. I have to say this because we do have a few minutes here. I, I have to say this: played Rito View with uh, with GM Steve Duckett and yep. uh, and Dan McNeely, um, long time area professional. Yeah, um, now at the Rito View uh, Golf Club. And it came up after we started playing that Dan and I have actually, after 26, 27 years of flagstick, Dan and I have never played a round of golf together. And I've pretty much played with the majority of the, call them old school pros, older pros. Dan was an assistant when I started the magazine. but um, And we'd never played a round of golf together. He hits it like you, dang long. <laughs> I, I know, believe me, I, I lost a point to him last year. So so the uh, interesting in a team, part in a team match. Yeah, the interesting okay. part was that you would think that that Dan and I would play from the same tees together and Steve would play where Steve wanted to play. And no, as it turns out, I brought my son Brandon with me. Yep. <laughs> and Brandon played with Dan from the from the back tees, and I played with Steve from the white tees. Dad, Dad, <laughs> was like, yeah. what is going on here? Dan, I mean, obviously, awesome. you know, Dan could run run it out there pretty good but brandon brandon held uh held his own um yeah. quite well he played qu- quite well at rito view for having seen it for the first time and also note the bunker program at rito mm, view yes um much. we'll have more information on that when they finish it um yeah. um and, and get into having steve on to talk about it and and uh but they're using a um a system a um construction system for the billy bunker system yeah. um which is being used on a lot of top top golf courses royal montreal i believe is has just uh recently used it to prepare for the uh upcoming president's Presidents cup. cup yep and uh um there were some pictures circulating that on social media i think that steve circulated with respect to drainage comparisons to the mm-hmm. old bunkers to the new bunkers and it's night and day yeah. and we were at the, the bunkers the shaping the way they're doing everything and there's a whole bunch of other projects going on around the green complexes that they're reshaping some with new runoffs and stuff read of you is gold right now i'm telling yeah. you right now and they're still not finished so yep. um i know Ian it's a Andrews private club the- Ian Andrews, the brilliant architect behind that, and he's, yeah. he's fabulous. Ian's Ian's a, a great guy from a historical perspective. Really respects the golf course. Doesn't put his, you know, thumbprint on the facility. No. He really wants it to shine more than him. So uh, kudos to him, even though he wouldn't want it. No, and I, I yeah, totally understand that. Uh, I've been spending a fair bit of time on the driving range the last couple of weeks, which I haven't done in a while. Great driving range facility too. Um, you know, it's easier for me to hit balls a lot of times than it is to play rounds of golf. So I've been taking advantage of that opportunity to get out there. And, and thanks to Rita View for obviously for allowing me a, 
to get out there with uh, with Brandon and hit some balls from time to time. So I had to get that in only because I played and I was yeah, really, okay. really impressed with what I saw and what is happening. Um, I'm sure there's other golf courses throughout the entire region that have a lot of things going on. And it's up to you to make sure that we know about them so that on this podcast, we can talk about you as well. And uh, obviously, we can pop out and see what you're yep. doing. So inform us. Yes. Okay, uh, that's a wrap for us after a couple weeks off. It's good to get a good show in. Lots of chit-chat, which is awesome and expected. Number um, 50 next. I know, it's going to be fun. We'll see what we got in store for you next week. But uh, thank you to our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club, Castleview Golf Club, and our presenting sponsor this week, Adidas, introducing Ultimate 365 Tour Heat Apparel and ZG23 Event Footwear to help golfers handle the heat this season. The collection features a mix of silhouettes for men and women with heat-ready and no-show technology to keep golfers cool and dry so they can perform at their very, very best. Both ZG23 Vent and Ultimate 365 Tour Apparel are available now on adidas.ca, the Adidas app, and selected retailers worldwide. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying um, hearing us again and watching. Uh, be sure to follow us across all the social media networks, Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, like us, and click the notification bell to make sure that you never miss a single episode ever, ever. Um, <laughs> I do want to say uh, we're going to do the draw for the contest uh, now that Scott's back. We'll do that draw. We'll make that announcement on next week's show, and uh, we'll maybe introduce a new contest at the same time, given That's that great. it is the 50th episode of Flagstick Podcast next week. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.